Hello everyone, I'm Rob Warner. And I'm Elliot Jackson. And this is Just Ride, a new cycling podcast from Red Bull. Let's go. I was looking at what I was going to compete on and thought, I'm going to kill myself. (laughs) Not only that, I thought everyone else was going to kill themselves. He's like, all right, so we're going to be looking for speed, style, amplitude, you know, like as I'm starting my run and he's like halfway through, he's like, yeah, it's pretty uneventful so far. (laughs) Oh my God. Stop worrying about winning. Just go. Hello and welcome back to Just Ride, a brand new cycling podcast from Red Bull. I'm Rob Warner. And I'm Elliot Jackson. A massive thank you to everyone that's listened, reviewed, reached out to us and gave us good feedback. We're super glad you're enjoying listening as much as we are recording. Yeah, it's great fun. And things just got a lot better because where are we? We're in Whistler (laughs) for Crankworks, the last stop of 2023. You know, I've only been here once, 10 years ago. So for me, it feels like more than a dream come true, man, to be here in British Columbia in the home of mountain biking, yeah. you know, at the world's biggest bike festival. Yeah, it is. It's a, it is the Mecca of, of mountain biking. Like it was where I first got my start, came up here, I think it was 2010. Was it? And I, I came up with my mom and uh, didn't know anyone, just had my bike, had like a little multi-tool and stuff like that, did the A-line race and... And then it kind of launched my career because this is where you come. Like you said, it's it's not just a race. It's not just um, competition and things like that. It's a festival. So there's right. photos and stuff like that. But so maybe explain what is Crankworks? Like? So, well, Crankworks, I'll try. It's new to me really this year. That's right. But it is, it's an amazing week-long festival in some amazing destinations around the globe. And it's much more than just being about the competition. But the competition is so sick because... You know, we've come from the World Cup, this kind of tunnel vision, top to bottom as fast as you can. Whereas this, I like to think of these as the world, as, as the planet's skills riders. Yeah. The riders that ain't just focused on being fit. The ones that really love to just ride their bike all day, every day. You know what I mean? The ones yeah, that, it's you, so do you know what I mean? Yeah. They don't, they're not really interested in being in a gym. They don't want to be that, <laughs> they don't want to be that Uber athlete. Yeah, they, want to be, sure. they want to be riding. And, and, and as a result of that, yeah, they might not win World Cups, but we've probably got the most skilled riders right. on planet. Overall, if you know what I mean, the most yeah. diverse well, cross-section of mountain bike riders. It's so true because they have these two titles. They have the King of Crankworks and the Queen of Crankworks. Yeah. And so you have a point series across the four stops and you have downhill, you have pump track, you have slalom, yeah. speed and style, yeah. all of these different events. And so, and yeah. points added for each, from each of those disciplines add into that overall title chase of King or Queen, right? Yeah. That's how it is. So you get... You know, very different riders. You might have a slope style rider that, you know, he doesn't even know what a downhill bike is, but he might be a contender or she might be a contender right. as, we, as we go forward. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I really, I can't wait to do some some riding here too, because this is just one of the best places in it? the world. How good is it's it? It's so good. Massive, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, is it one of, is it, is the air, I mean, that's the one thing I've never done here. So when I came here, I came here actually once before and I was getting over a broken leg when I was, after I'd been racing. And on the first run down the mountain, I remember my leg was really hurting and I got to the bottom and I was like, my mate Bertie was with me, right? We'd flown in, I flew into Calgary because I thought it was close to Whistler. <laughs> so we missed three, close, so yeah. we missed two days of riding because we were driving. Like I was like, sorry mate, it's away. a little bit further than it looks on the map. That's not a lie. And then we got here and on the first run, I got to the bottom down here in the village and I was like, 
10 minutes past. I was like, oh, mate, we just got here. Where yeah. are you? Anyway, I was like, what is he doing? He's punctured. This dude comes coming down. I see him riding one-handed from a distance. Warner, you won't believe what just happened. Come skids up, shows me his hand, big hole, blood everywhere. I was like, you've been off. Mate, I told you to take it. He goes, no, no, no. I hit a bear. No. He said, I hit a baby bear and it scuttled it off the track. And he said, I, and when I came up, Baby bear's there, mama bear no on the other side. Yeah, yeah, it frightened him. He's lucky that mom didn't come after him. We agree, yeah. well, I, I feel yeah, like that wild. Is, I've seen, this is the only place in the world that I've seen like bears when you're riding down the track. Everywhere. Like, yeah, because we are, we're in a, we're in the forest. There's a grizzly been <laughs> sniffing around the start of the 1199. I mean, got it on camera. Uh, like, it's I, wild here, man, it's real. Maybe I won't be going up there. <laughs> <laughs> as boldly as yeah. you once were. Today's guest is an icon of Slopestyle, one of the most dominant riders of his era, a two-time Red Bull Rampage champion, X Games athlete, seven times Crankworx event winner. He is known as one of the greatest Slopestyle athletes of all time. He took a little break and then he came back and won again in 2022. I think we all know who we're talking about. It's Brett Reeder. How are hey, you, Brett? Mate, thanks for coming in. It is, it's great to have you in yeah, here. It really you, you is. Thanks so are, much. You guys have done your homework. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Good intro. What it's it? I, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Yeah, Brett. How is it? Uh, how is it being at Crankworks this week? <clears throat> oh, it's chill this year. Like. Uh, I, I don't have any events going on. I'm really just here to hang out with everyone. Are you missing the stress of having an event hanging over you? Or are you enjoying not having much to do then? Um, no, I think this year I've fully uh, detached from Joyride and feeling any guilt from not you? being up there. Yeah, I think so. This is the first year and so I'm, I'm, I'm sort of happy to be here. And it's so good to see all of the athletes that I used to compete with and um, all the event people and yeah. you guys and it's just like it's amazing to be around the community yeah. I always I always With think no that pressure right like it's yeah. funny when you're in it and you feel you're in a bubble like you don't even realize what's going on and then you step away and you're like oh I didn't even know there was a restaurant over there like people are <laughs> yeah. chilling out it's crazy I know the world is much more vast when you don't have this crazy like slope style goal and maybe we start there where um like explain what slope style is explain kind of uh for everyone who doesn't know me maybe (laughs) yeah yeah. no slope style man i have it's true oh okay so slope style is like um a combination of like uh bmx and i would say freestyle motocross and maybe even a bit of downhill Um, we're judged on a slope style course, which is made up of drops, jumps, um, and features that we do tricks on. And so we're judged from top to bottom. And, uh, that's, yeah, that's what I've put my last 20 years towards. Wow. When you put it like that, two decades, how old are you now, Brett? I'm 30 years old. So you started actually... Taking care and looking at slope style when you were like nine, ten years old. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. No way. Yeah, were you like? <laughs> did you start training at that point? Well, no, like, definitely not. Take but, us through the, I, the progression of yeah, like ten I, years old. So, so I, I would say that when I was around ten years old, I started getting on pink bike. 
dot com and, <laughs> discovering, and discovering website. and discovering that there's other people in the world that like doing what I like doing. Mm. Like I like jumping off curbs and <laughs> uh, my dad would always help me build jumps with his uh, heavy equipment because he owns a demolition company. No way. So, yeah, okay. always, so you were set up kind of. I was set up. Yeah. Was, well, that's a big thing, right? I mean, I was extremely lucky. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would say around, around 10 years old, I just started I realized that that was my thing. That was something that I was better at than my friends and that I really just lived for. That's quite, so, I think that's quite mad for a 10 year old to have that understanding yeah, about yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know what I mean? like, for sure, yeah. for sure. And then, and I remember when I was 13 was the first backflip that I did. And when I was- 13. Yeah, and, when I, and, and that sounds crazy, but like <laughs> now there's like six year olds doing backflips. so, so wild. It, is, it, is it has moved on, isn't it? It, it has, yeah. 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 yeah, actually an insane right. I mean, you must have been, you've obviously seen that for yourself as well. Like you say, six year olds doing backflips, yeah. what's going on? I, it's just gone mad. Uh, I think about, I think about like one trick in particular, a tail whip, <laughs> where you kick the bike and it, it does a spin around and then you catch it again. And that took me to, two years of bloody stitched up yeah. shins and watching. it took you two years to oh, yeah. because that is like that is like the bread and butter of a slope you know one right. of the tricks that's yeah. just a normal trick and in now, slope style right yeah, and yeah. now kids are doing it like no like way. it's like i swear they go on social media they watch a hundred different people do a tail whip and before they even try it they've figured out right. how it's done it's already ingrained in their brain so were you in the era like when you were coming up did you guys have foam pits to practice on or was it more just like find a, find <laughs> yeah, a, well, loose, like, like a oh, loose man. jump so, like pile up some dirt and we, hope it's soft <laughs> it just it was just starting uh foam pit was definitely a thing but not a popular thing. And I knew that if I wanted to learn how to do a backflip, that I would need to do it safely. I was never the kid to just risk it all and yeah. yank a backflip and risk landing on my head. Uh, yeah. You would, so, even at that age, you were pretty. <laughs> no, because most of sort of 30 year olds don't really care. Yeah, but you, did, you took care like, of that. You knew that, that, you know. Yeah, I guess, I guess subconsciously, yeah. I was like, this is not, this would be a smart thing to do to get a foam pit. Um, so I remember my, my best friend at the time, Mark Stevens, uh, we we went to Toronto. So I, I grew up in Toronto, just an hour north. And we found in the phone book, this is when you open the phone book to find business directories. <laughs> and we looked up foam companies and we no found, we found a foam mattress and pillow limited or something like that. And so we called and we asked if they had any scrap foam. And they said, yep, we get rid of them in 500 pound bales. So they'll make their mattress, they'll cut the the cut the shape uh, sure. of it and yeah, then okay. there's all these crazy um, like amazing pieces of foam that they amazing. put into that they, yeah when I was, when I was <laughs> 13 perfect, years old yeah this perfect this foam, perfect foam high quality, high quality. that's for sure gonna save my neck <laughs> yeah. and, and and then so we we picked up I remember we built a 20 by 20 plywood box pretty much put a five foot kicker into it and we bought four or five of these scrap foam bales. No why? Yeah, and and it was a flat rolling, I remember it, and we had to pedal from three or 400 feet away. <laughs> Every single run that we did in the foam pit, we had to pedal down this flat road, uh, and, and that was where I learned backflips. And that's where the progression and that's, started, that's, right? That's where it started, yeah. yeah. yeah and sure. then at what point did you say, okay, I wanna start 
competing at this. Like, you know, I feel like because a lot of the times you have that, like you have a friend where you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm down to do some flips or whatever. But there's actually a big step to go from riding at your local dirt jumps or skate park to saying. And I would say more in the world of free ride, right? Like, yeah, sort of kids growing up do downhill. I'd imagine, you know, you're always going to try and race. But right. like free ride or slope style, I don't know. It feels like you're yeah. enjoying riding. It always feels like, especially in Canada, I don't know, but you're sort of enjoying riding bikes more, not always with a vision of putting it you know putting it on the start line and competing yeah for sure well luckily we had a really grassroots event called havoc jam and it was in my local town and there was actually quite a few known athletes that have come from that little havoc jam era logan pete was one oh, of them sure. who, yeah. who would win all the time uh frankie vass um Matt McDuff, right. <laughs> uh, Mike Gray, who's a, a BMXer, a pro BMXer. Uh -huh. So w there was a small crew of us that did sort of build from this little competition scene. That's and mad, it was so it? grassroots that it was welcoming mm -hmm. for us to go from like not knowing anything about competing to going in our first competition. But it wasn't it, too stressful sort of thing. No, not really. It was more of like a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we did, but we did build some competitive relationships there. Of course. Yeah. And, uh, but it didn't start for me until I went to my first professional competition, which was when I was 16. And that was, you turned professional at 16. You started to... Oh, I would say I didn't. No. You were competing professionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, I've done this Havoc Jam a few times. I've won it maybe once, twice, and... I think I'm ready to go uh, and and play with the big names now. Let's, and let's so where go and was that see. At? <laughs> so this was in 2009, and it was at uh, Winter Park, Colorado, when Crankworks used to have a stop there. It was right. called Crankworks, Colorado, uh -huh. and that was one of they had they had uh, Crankworks in Whistler, and they had Crankworks in Colorado, and so this was like Whistler was such a big iconic event. Um, it seemed overwhelming, but Colorado was like maybe a little under the radar. And I guess you were, you'd have still been in Toronto at that time. I was. Uh, so you were on the other side of the country. Exactly. And so, yeah. <laughs> so, so we turned it into a family trip. My mom and brothers and my best friend, Mark Stevens, the guy I built the foam pit with, he actually came with me and we did our first, uh, I guess, international or professional competition. Um, and I lasted 30 minutes in practice until I over-rotated a backflip and got a concussion. <laughs> I wrapped it a bit. And, and altitude sickness. No, you didn't. Yeah. Did you stretch I, it out with altitude sickness and a concussion? I, it's like, like one of those like a movies where everyone's stoked on the way out, family trip, and then on the way back, like no one's talking. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Oh, For real, though. Like I, I showed up the... First of all, the course had a crazy, and, and this is why I say slope style has a bit of downhill in it, because the first uh, feature on course was this like like vertical rock face that went into an elevated corkscrew, and, and then it went into the first drop. So you needed two brakes on your bike, and I know it sounds funny, but 
I never even had two brakes in my life. <laughs> no. right. What's that about? I can't get my head around anyone riding a bike without you one brake. Stop, yeah. Well, the front brake gets in the way, like when you don't need it, That's and you're just like funny. on flat ground and you're doing yeah. jumps. Like sure. it's just when you're doing bar spins, it's in the way. So, so I showed up to this thing and walked the course, and I was like, "What am I doing here? This is crazy. I can't even ride this. Like if I ride this, I could die." Oh, it was so, really like that. It really yeah. opened your eyes, did it? So, so we went into Denver. Found a bike shop that sold a front brake. I remember they only had the nicest brake at the time. It was like a four or $500 brake and my rear brake was just like a piece of junk. And I had this expensive front brake to save my life and didn't even ride that feature. Started lower down on the course, um, just pedaling in, getting, like you need to feel good. You need something that makes you feel confident. And if you can go in, a competition and land a trick pretty early on then that helps you go into the next feature and work yeah. on your next trick and so i thought all right my backflip like i got this dialed <laughs> these jumps are five times bigger than anything oh, yeah. i've ever yeah maybe not five but, but a lot bigger than anything you'd ever come across oh is that right for sure so it's pretty wild then isn't it that turning exactly. up and like oh shit yeah yeah big jump so um yeah 16 years old uh Dropped in, pulled for a backflip, pulled too hard, over-rotated, landed on my back, smacked my head on the ground, instant concussion, went down to the clinic. They're like, you have altitude sickness as well. Oh, my God! They put me on an oxygen tank. <laughs> it's getting bad. <laughs> in an oxygen tent, did you say? Uh, they gave me an oxygen tank oh, that, that has like a hose that feeds my nostrils. Oh, like a diver. Oh my goodness. Exactly, like literally like a diver. So I'm so I'm so embarrassed at this point. Like I'm so like I'm I'm finally riding with all these athletes I've looked up to for years and I'm I'm with them and I'm I'm planning to ride the same competition with them, but instead I'm on the sidelines and I got a concussion and this oxygen tank. <laughs> so that's how it all started for me, really. Like I, I didn't, I wasn't great well, at the beginning. It's funny. Oh, yeah. It's funny no. you say that because I think you, throughout your career, you you are known as like the most dialed rider. Like super training was that kind of a a fork where you were like, if I'm going to continue, I'm going to put a ton of work into this. Um, no, no. <laughs> uh, I think that's just subconsciously always mm. with me. I'm like, I need to make sure that it's going to work. I can't like, I know what it feels like to hit the ground and a lot of people hit the ground a lot. Yeah. Um, unless you're super cautious and well, that's you so, weigh all the risks. Well, that is interesting because I think for on the outside, it feels like when you watch slope style, you're like, Oh, those dudes are crazy. They're just taking this insane risk, but it's, it's not so really calculated. I think because I've, I've also I've also but I've is, also raced downhill. Else? I raced downhill uh, in 2020 and 2021. That's right. I remember that. And you I remember to the thinking Open. that the that it's a finer line. Uh, I, I thought that the risk was higher to ride slope style, and I thought that racing downhill was going to be. I, I knew it would be gnarly, but I thought that maybe it would be a little bit mellower or like easier, but. After doing it, it, there's no way. Like but, the the edge between staying on your bike and staying off your bike is way finer than really? slope style. Yeah, 
when not, you're at the not top. So much, well, speaking for myself, absolutely not. <laughs> I know because it's, it's probably like maybe like you feel, but racing downhill, I mean, like like you're not going to win if you crash. So you kind of got to avoid, and even a big mistake will blow it for you. So to me, you're always somewhat behind. I don't know. I mean, there's parts of a track you'd take risk, but again, I never, like you, did you ever feel like you were really taking, yeah, occasionally, but not not top to bottom, it wasn't a risk, right? A well, I, mean, I, I think I was really similar to you when I raced downhill, like, I don't like feeling out of control. No. And so it- You can't be out of control. You can't no. be out of control in a slope but style. But event, I, think, I think it's just interesting because the perception of slope style and tricks is just like, ah, oh, these guys are just hucking themselves and they don't know what's going on. For and, sure. Well, actually, that, I mean, speaking of that, tell me about your first experience at Rampage. I want to come back to the Crankworx stuff, but- My first experience at Rampage was When was gnarly. that, Brett? Um, that was in 2012. That was my first year. I would say that was my first year being a professional athlete. First year turning heads, uh, proving to people. No oxygen tanks. No oxygen tanks, finally. <laughs> Done with those. Yeah. No more oxygen sickness. <laughs> yeah. So from 2016 to 2012, like I started from the bottom with little experience and climbed my way up. And at 2012, I finally started doing well. And I started podiuming events. So it took you a started, while, right? Yeah, I started getting sponsors. And and it's so funny because I Rampage and Slope Cell are two completely different things. But they used to be part of the same world tour, okay. the Freeride Mountain Bike World yeah, Tour. Yeah, they did. Sure. And Rampage used to be the last stop on the Freeride World Tour. So if you got enough points through all of the slope style competitions in the year, you'd earn a spot, a spot at Rampage. Yeah. So I was um, young, still inexperienced, never owned a downhill bike. And I, I, <laughs> I remember sitting down with Cam McCall once and us realizing that it might, like I might get an invite and how crazy that would be. And we, I remember just talking about it with him and um, he's like, hey, you got it. Like, it'll be all good. And and uh, and it happened. It, it ended up like I, we were joking earlier in the year, sorry, if it were going to happen. And then the year went on and it, it did happen. My invite came and I thought, holy cow. Um, did you? I was, get like, downhill bike. I was like, I need to get a downhill bike. So I get on the phone with my sponsor. Hey, I need a downhill bike. Um, they send me my first downhill bike. I kind of practice in time Did think wow think man. i know what's coming can you can <laughs> you explain like the the difference between slope style and rampage and just like for i think sure. most of us have probably heard of it but like for sure paint a bit of a picture um so so slope style is super groomed and like very perfected and um you almost don't need to do anything you drop in you don't touch your brake you don't crank typically and you clear the jumps and you do the whatever. It's the perfect but environment, it's right? It's perfect, yeah, yeah. It's built for what you're doing. And Rampage is, you have to build your perfect environment, but even at that, you can't, because especially in 2012, there's no, there's not really any water on the mountain to make anything perfect. Right. It's come a long this way, is like, this is like gambling downhill extreme downhill riding <laughs> extreme and, and you yeah. better have ridden a downhill bike and you've better grown up 
in mountains and no terrain and exposure. And I grew up in flat farm field, <laughs> so Ontario. Was, I'd imagine that you've been riding hard tails, you're on a downhill bike for the first time and you're in the biggest mountains or looking at the biggest terrain you've ever ever been to ride at Rampage. What was, was that like a pretty daunting prospect then? Was it pretty scary that first time you rocked up? Yeah. Was it? Was it? Really? Like, I, I, well, I, overwhelming I, almost or I, not? Yeah, I almost, I almost went home. Did you really? Yeah, I showed Man, up. Man, no way. I, I showed up. I remember they, they do like a, a scout day, so everyone has to go and look at the mountain. No one can start building on the first day. And I was looking at what I was going to compete on and thought, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> and, and not only that, I shouldn't laugh, but. On, not only that, I thought everyone else was going to kill themselves. I was concerned for everyone. I remember, I remember, this thing yeah. should be canceled. I, I, I was like, could, I, seriously, like, that was how I was thinking. And I remember at the time talking to, not talking, I remember looking at Tyler McCall's line that he had coming off the top and it like, it crept down this, there's like literally a cliff and his line goes down the cliff and there's like a hundred, 200 foot exposure on the right. And he's going to come and like land and get caught by a little two foot path that he's scratching in the mountain. I remember being so concerned <laughs> for him because if he didn't make that pad, he's going down that massive cliff. Yeah. But that, I think that was me not knowing downhill bikes mm. and knowing what they're capable of and mm. what people are capable of too because I never experienced so that. So you really turned up at Rampage that raw, the first Rampage. I, you I had was, no idea what was capable of doing being done on a downhill bike because they're completely... I was as green as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> it's mad, isn't it, that? Yeah, huh? it, was, it was bad, yeah. Um, to, but, to sit but, here now and hear you say that. But I, 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 I got my dig crew. We took the easiest line down the mountain. I, I remember I stuck to the rider's ridge, which is like, it's now like considered the, the hiking path. And like, that's how people <laughs> hike. <laughs> yeah, but, I, but I took that as my run. And um, every day I just, I, I put myself in those shoes and got out to the event and tried to be a little better each day. And try to get a little more comfy with it each day. And was it was it stressful for you, Brett? Like, did you wake up in the morning dreading the fact you're going up the mountain, or did you manage to get your head around it then? And like, as you, it sounds to me like you worked out how to go forwards with it, even if it wasn't a, a massive rate or not. Oh man, I don't even, I don't think I slept very much. <laughs> Honestly, it was yeah. that wild. Yeah, it was. Oh. It was. It was gnarly. Um, but but I eventually I I got oh, really that I bad. got my shit together and we we made it happen and I, I wrote and I'm so happy I, I did that because for the first two or three days of that first rampage, I considered walking off that mountain flying home. Because yeah. it's the easiest thing to do. It, yeah. it was the easiest thing to do. It crushes you, doesn't it? Yeah, that pressure, was, right? It's pressure. Yeah, and it, when, when your safety and your yeah. like, livelihood is on the line or you believe that it sure. is. So that was really gnarly. Um, but we got through it and I did my first Rampage then and we were actually watching it last year. We were watching my very first run and it was so funny because <laughs> my like the run was so bare bones that uh, I remember Richie Schley was commentating and he, <laughs> he he's like he's like all right so we're gonna be looking for speed style amplitude you know like as I'm starting my run and he's like halfway through he's like yeah I'm like I don't know about you I don't remember who the other commentator was but he's like. 
Yeah, it's pretty uneventful so far. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hey, hey, he wasn't wrong. It was pretty uneventful. It's like you're on there being like, this is the most insane thing everyone, anyone's ever done. I'm probably gold medal on this one. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so it's interesting to me that you can go from that, right? Like 2012, first rampage, like, you know picking your way down and yeah. then you win in 2018 and oh. I feel like it's kind of the same with oh, the slope style like how do you what is that process like for you and like what is the motivation like do you are you super competitive are you just like I just want to win this thing like um no I rampage was something slope style yes I was like I, I can win all these contests and I'm going to train so that I can do that and then every year at the end of the year rampage would come around and I was always, it was, I had a lot of respect for it because of that first year and because of my lack of knowledge and experience on a downhill bike. But I, one year after the next, I, I got slightly more comfortable with my downhill bike. I, I spent more time riding the bike throughout the season so that by the time I got to Rampage, I was, I was more comfy and I would practice tricks that I could do on the slope style course, but on my downhill bike so that I could do it at Rampage and I just really climbed the ladder and and I know you said that's not that much time from 2012 2018 but six years it felt like when when you're living that mm. lifestyle like it did feel really long mm-hmm. and, did it? and obviously it did. Yeah. And you pack it a lot in right I guess you're training hard most days what is like training like to learn say a new slope style trick and then also you know what does that require for you to get a rampage? Because it's different to throw those tricks on the bike you were used to in a downhill bike, right? It must be entirely different, isn't it, or not? Yeah, it is. It's much harder, but is it? It's it's funny. I mean, I think it's easier. Mm. Is it? Like the, the more experience I got on my downhill bike, and the more comfy I got, um, a bit more room for error. Then, well, it's just the riding level at in a slope style competition is so crazy. You have to do the craziest things now. And yeah. and Rampage, you don't do those things. You do like four steps back, but off a bigger feature. So as you get comfy with the downhill bike. Raw yeah. environment. Yeah. And big mountain. As you get comfy with your downhill bike, you you do those tricks in that environment and they're kind of easy. Mm. I didn't say that. How long does it take to learn a trick? I hung out with Tom Parge. You you know Tom Parge is the the FMX rider. And he told me that he would do two, three-hour sessions a day. Three hours in the morning, he would break for lunch, then he'd go back and do another three hours. And I think it took him 18 months on that schedule to learn how to do a bike flip. Like, I mean, he was the most innovative FMX rider of all time. But, like, is that does that ring true for you? Is that something, you know, like, it was an absolute obsession a process to him to learn these new tricks is that how it is for you in you know being one of the world's leading slope style riders maybe 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 well first i'd like to correct you and say that i'm not anymore but um yeah you're still pretty I, good mate <laughs> I, I would say that I, I wasn't as hard on myself as that when yeah. i would go with the flow a little bit more but i knew the goal that i had in mind and and so like talking a little bit about slope style Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you say you are super competitive in that arena. Mm-hmm. And so maybe take me through like from when you were winning these these Crankworx World Tours, like I know you were going for the Triple Crown, like from there to saying, I don't really want to do this anymore. Like, Slope style? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because when did you I, I actually think, officially just, retire, Brett? Um, oh, this is where it's going to get hard to talk about because I'm still learning about how everything unfolded and why. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, for it's sure. It's really interesting, but I stopped competing in Slopestyle. My last competition was here. Uh, in 2019 right and i almost didn't drop into the competition honestly yeah i decided 10 minutes before the contest at the top at the top that i was going to drop in and why was that because everyone fired me up i was always the last rider to drop or one of the last riders to drop and i saw the effort and the care that people the other competitors put into their runs Mm. and that fueled me to drop in otherwise I, I wouldn't have done it because what was the was, what were you feeling I, I think i would say after i won rampage in 2018 um i reached all my goals hmm. and i didn't have any more hmm. you've got seven crankworks right yeah like i won everything there was to win yeah and um you know, although I didn't win Joyride like six times, like Seminac, <laughs> I still won this one, which was a big deal. Yeah, you ticked yeah. it off, man. Tons, yeah. ton, tons of second places, but um, it was just really hard on myself. Mm. And I, I got to the point where I questioned like whether I was doing it for the right reasons, I think. Mm-hmm. And I needed a, a step back from it. Um, yeah, it's still it's still really hard to talk about, and I. It sounds like yeah, just don't know. Like it, obviously, right at that level, it's almost your entire life, right? You, you put yeah. I had I had my like from as I said, ten years old until yeah. a couple of years ago. I was just chasing winning sure. slope style and free ride, um, and then, and then all of a sudden, I took the blinders off. Yeah. Was there a moment that and that like that. that opened up the world a bit? Yeah, and and it like to be honest, it wasn't fun. Yeah, and it was really hard, and and it's still really hard, and mm-hmm. I'm still learning um, so much about myself. Like, yeah, I'm realizing that I didn't really know myself. Yeah, sure. Um, because when you're born until you're 10 years old, you don't know who you are. You learn about your perceived world and what you like to do. And then from 10 until, I mean, now, 30 years old, 20 years, you're like, I was trying to be who I am now. Right. It's your until, identity. Uh, and so, and so when you take the blinders bar, right? off and you... You wonder like who who am I? What do I love? Um, who am I without this competition ego? Who am I as uh, a human being on planet Earth? What is this world? Uh, yeah. Wait a sec. What are all these problems with the world? What? Why wasn't I taught this? What? How didn't sure. I? And it's been really hard. Hmm. Like it's, I've, I've, and I, I since, uh, stopping competing, like I've since developed, um, anxiety and panic mm. and have you, since you stopped, since I stopped, like I've, I, this I is just been the other way around. Yeah, really, I know, yeah. I know. That's like right. I was, I was the most, uh, fearless when I was doing what I was doing and, and then 
it kind of like all just I think just human characteristics. I it seeped in. Yeah, I let everything in. Um, I decided <laughs> to become a real human being. Yeah, and with wow. that came learning about all the. Uh, sometimes ugly human characteristics yeah. that we, we go through in yeah. 2023. So for sure, um, I've really taken, uh, I've really made the initiative to learn about who I am without this, this mountain bike thing while trying to keep my sponsors. Cause I've identified mm. that I love mountain biking and I need mountain bike in my life, but, and I need to do something that fills my cup. Yeah. And you found that yet. I'm still searching for it. Yeah. I'm still searching. I know that you are, you're super artistic and creative, like, especially with the video parts, you've had some of the most iconic video parts. Is it now that you have kind of started to transition, you know, taking the blinders off, open your perspective a bit, have you found a little piece? Like what have been the things that you've tried? Like, is it still just riding with friends? Like going back to bare bones? Is it, you know, creating lines in the yard? Like what have been the things that have been the or most interesting? Or is it going surfing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For five days on your own, like you just did, right? It sounded like a good time. Going surfing on my own for five days is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a dream, mate, yeah, quite that honest, that right? pretty fun. Crankworks was just starting to kick off and I headed to Tofino for a few days. Is that part of the experience, though, of like, yeah, like you say, trying right. to discover yourself? A bit I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know. I, I think I, I don't know anything other than winning competitions. Yeah, sure. And that is an ugly truth. Yeah, no, and it's, I mean, it's difficult. It's, the other side. Of it's it. so funny yeah. because I I feel like when I stopped racing downhill, I had like a really similar experience. I remember going. Ironically, I was at Crankworks in Leger. And I started my downhill run and then like halfway down the downhill run, I was like, I would rather be anywhere in the world, <laughs> but right here. <laughs> this I feel you. Yeah. I, I had 10 years of World Cup downhill like that. Yeah. I was just doing bad and getting paid, but I needed oh, the money. So yeah. I kept going and I hated it. And, and, it's, it and it's absolutely crushed me. It's so wild too, because like when you, when you have this singular focus, you're not thinking about like, what am I going to do for a job? What I'm going to do. And so like, when you talk about that, like there's, there's not only you know, the loss of identity or whatever, but like what I'm going to do for work, like with my sponsors and things like that. So it is, yeah. I think that that transition as an athlete is, is there, I, I, I was going to say, is there a bit of you now that would like to step away, say for two years, for instance, not have a bicycle in your life? Cause you said, you know, you're trying to keep your sponsors in my mind. You won Rampage last year. You ain't got nothing to worry about. You're I know, I, you can take I, I, I five know. years out. Come back. You know, that's true. That's how I see it. Do you feel that pressure? Yeah, I, I feel that pressure and it's just ingrained into me. I know my yeah. sponsors probably aren't thinking that, but it's me yeah. like needing to achieve this insanely high goal. Right. But And if it's not going to be with competition, then what is it going to be? Yeah. Um, well, can you? But, but I, ahead, I realize that I realize that I've been operating with a bit of fear hmm. that has come in. And that's what makes me think about these things like, oh, I don't want to. You know, like, what am I going to do if I don't have my mountain bike sponsors? Am I going to retire? Uh, like, what am I going to do for a living? But then right, totally. when I was into Fino, not on social media and not checking my emails for five days, I realized that I've just been operating in fear mode. Totally. And that's not how I built 
my athlete career. That's not how I got where I am. That's not how I built title. That's not how I built my house. That's not how I did any of these crazy feats. Mm -hmm. And um, we're in a bit of a transitional period, I reckon. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, that's right. They're in it, and it's like finding and finding. You got to find that path that. Yeah. So happiness again, which was the last twenty years, was winning slope style events, right? I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? Not happiness, but like, I don't know. You feels to me like you it was need my some, purpose. Yeah, yeah right. purpose. Yeah. It's, that's right. Exactly, mate. And that happens to a lot of professional sportsmen. Yeah. But you can still be a professional rider. It's just you don't need to compete anymore, right? I mean, that's, well, it's interesting so because like you took that time off, but then came back to rampage. So what was the what made you say I want to do the, do this? If, event again um wasn't single crown forks coming in was it <laughs> oh man i <laughs> i had my bike was built with a single crown fork the year before was it Seminuc, yeah when Seminuc got <laughs> was it? Day, yeah <laughs> and i'd like to say for the record that 2012 my first year i showed up with a single crown and did a bar <laughs> no what? so i'm just saying it for the record <laughs> But, um, well, I, I would say that I didn't, I didn't feel like I closed the chapter. Um, I knew I won and then I came second the year after I I didn't have a good enough reason to ride the year after, but I did anyways, just because I didn't know how to let go. 2020 COVID shut everything down. 2021, I was going to go and I got injured just before, so I couldn't go. And that was, that was the single crown boom. Okay. And, um, I just signed with Commonsall earlier that year and I, um, and they have never had a good result at Rampage. They never won a Rampage. And I thought, am I going to let like the sponsor, having my sponsors push me to do this competition again? Is that a good enough reason? No, definitely not. So what is the better reason? Like, what is the reason to do it? And I, and I, I realized like, okay, well, I'm a new person now. Like I went through a lot through COVID and Mm -hmm. like changing as a human. Totally. And um, I got rid of my, my, most of my competition ego. And I became like a really pure version of myself, like someone who I really want to be. And I thought, can I go back and compete a rampage as this new person without pressure? And can I almost expect not to win and 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 challenge myself to be okay because that wouldn't be it. easy for you. yeah i was going to say that wouldn't yeah. be easy for you to go there not but, not not thinking you're gonna have a chance yeah, of winning but, it but right? if i'm gonna retire and i'm gonna not ride like this is sort of what i need to do this mm. is my planning this is my preparation for leaving the event so i decided not from my sponsors not from the prize money but from me within that I wanted to go and close the chapter on a really good positive note and and really share people that they don't have to have so much pressure mm-hmm. and this was like such a far off concept when I was thinking about it but I thought okay let's just let's go and we'll just we'll just do it like I know can you do it do you have the skill yes uh do you have the sickest bike you've ever had for it <laughs> yes um do you have an amazing dig crew yes how did you put the time? Do you have a good attitude for it? Yes. Uh, uh, did you go there prepared though? Like as in prepared enough to win it? Had you put the time in, the training in? Yeah. You did. So it was all yep. in place kind of. It was it, just a mental shift. Yeah, it was a mental shift. And um, I, I had competed in a competition just before it. 
I actually didn't plan on it, but I went to Utah uh, a month before Rampage just to ride and get used to that because I hadn't been there since 2019. Right. Yeah. It's like years of not being in that area and I was always used to being there every year. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go down. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to dig. I'm going to ride just for fun. So I went down and it was 40 five degrees celsius <laughs> every single day it's like there was, give me an ocean there was, there was like 113 oh my god and, and there was, it was crazy oh my and, and, and so we, we went there and i just thought like what am i doing here we're not we're like kind of filming for this project which did turn out really good it's a story of my build back to rampage but we're there and we're we're digging and we're riding. Well, there was a massive rainstorm the day before we got there that washed out everything. Like when you go to Utah and you ride free ride, you need to build everything you ride or you need to ride the stuff that has been built by people. Yeah. Um, and when it rains there, it pours and it washes out all the landings and takeoffs. So everything we went to ride had to be fixed. But the problem was the daytime and you do that, you, you dig through the day so that you can ride when it's cool in the mornings and the night. Right. But the day was 47 degrees. Right. That's outrageous, so right? So we were, we were digging early in the morning and then late at night and it was just, it was so unproductive and we thought, tough. okay, yeah. we're here. Um, there's a competition happening like on the way home. We're not making any progress here. Should we just go? Use, use someone else's line. So should we just go and this might be a good way but I still had that, I still had a bit of that expectation. I was trying to shed it off as best possible. Like, don't worry about it. Like, stop worrying about winning. Just go. Yeah. So we went and I, That feels like that'd be a massive thing in your head to get get it, past as well. It was. To and actually turn up, maybe not gonna win it. Totally, know? totally. It really and, hard, right, for you. And um and I won. <laughs> 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 you gotta respect that brother that was insane right does that run like <laughs> stick out like do you just remember it were you like can you take us through it like it how did like, it feel it was, honestly it was it was it was fine it was no different than it had been in years past i just didn't care hmm. you really didn't care either. i really didn't care you, you, you could feel it on the bike like you were just yeah i knew the risk was there i had respect for the risk but i mean you just do this checklist you're like have I prepared? Yes. Am I healthy? Yes. Um, do I have good intentions? Yes. Am I here right now for this thing? Yes. Okay. Then go for it. <laughs> that is. Yeah. And if you so get injured good. and you crash, then then there's a learning lesson somewhere in there. Yeah. That is meant to happen. Brett, so, I. I I was so, gonna say, so no. I was just going to say, I did that competition and that was my preparation for Rampage, which was good preparation because we did go to Utah. I did get to ride some lines, barely, uh, almost got heat stroke, went and won a competition. It was like the perfect preparation and then, went to and then went to Rampage. And won it. And won it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I wanted to, uh, I want to talk about a little bit about like some of the other things that you do, because you mentioned it in passing, but you're an architect and you designed and 
your own house. Like <laughs> I've never been called an architect. But I, but <laughs> I, but it's I been rumored. I suppose I, I was a little bit for a brief period. How does that? Where did that come from? How does that? How did that work? Like, <laughs> did you get? Were you just super into it? Um, in high school, I, first of all, I wasn't good in school, and I didn't like school. Um, I liked the elective courses, like woodworking. I remember building mountain bike jumps and uh, furniture. Welding was another course, um, and then architecture was was one that I really liked, and that was a that was just a fun one for me. We got to learn computer program to design a house, and I remember when I was young and doing that, I remember killing it designing the house that I lived in, like no, I replicated. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And so so and didn't think anything of it. Got out of high school, started competing mountain biking, and then started making enough money where. I wanted to buy a house in British Columbia because I lived in Toronto. Mm -hmm. So I needed to be close to the mountains. I kept looking for real estate. Nothing was very interesting, like anything that had good property with a slope, all the things for jumps, oh, had like yeah. an old shitty house on it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, for a lot of money. And I finally started doing the math and thought like, okay, well I could buy this property and could I build a house? And so I, I decided that, yes, this is the cheapest way to do it. Right. At the time, yeah. not anymore, but yeah. at the time yeah, it yeah. was. And I, so I started sketching on napkins and I got Detail. a ruler. But then I realized, I was like, wait a sec, I know these computer programs. No yeah. And so, yeah. Well, so and you actually so, took care of it on a computer, a proper architectural drawing that you handed to someone who then built your house. Well, I wouldn't say, like, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I downloaded Google SketchUp. And, 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 but yeah, I, I dimensioned it and I, I, I drew five houses before building mine. And it was just a really fun, rewarding pro process. Amazing. No, I was going to say, are you enjoying this process at the moment? Is it is it tough for you, like you say, to... Um, yeah, it, it, it's tough. I've turned a corner, though. Like, I, as I said, I was, I was having panic attacks and a lot of anxiety and uh, just feeling, like, kind of clueless, hopeless. A bit lost, almost. Very lost. Yeah. yeah, I was a lost puppy for a really long time, and I've turned a corner and... No I've temptation to get now because no, you could put it all right by becoming Brett Reader, super slope star rider again. Is it? You know, is I, yeah, it, totally. you know what I mean. Is I, it not? Because you're only twenty nine. You could you could easily go back into it. Is it not? That's not something you're going to do. I, I don't think so. No, don't you? I, I could do it, and I I don't I don't want to. I don't think that um, at this moment in time, I don't think that it, I would have the best intentions or reason to do it. Hmm. And so I'm not doing it strictly because of that. For now. For now. For now. These things can change. And the uh, the other piece of you that I think is really interesting that a lot of us don't do is that you started your own bike component brand. I did. So how did that? <laughs> tell me about kind of the founding story there. Um, okay, so when I when I was um, well, when I was riding for Trek, I was always riding Bontrager components and. Um, all of a sudden, one year in a contract renewal, it didn't specify that I had to ride the components anymore. So I thought, I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll search around and try to find a sponsor. So I, I searched around, I asked all the companies, and at the time I was winning all the contests, and uh, no one really wanted to pay what I thought was reasonable. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, like just just for me to to represent another brand just didn't it didn't feel right for what was being offered so yeah. 
um, I thought, wait a sec, could I? Because I loved carbon bars. You love carbon bars? Yeah. Interesting. Um, really? In what respect? Well, for, for, for a slope style bike, um, just the weight. Nah. You just want the lightest bike sure, you can get. And yeah. I was always riding a dual suspension slope uh -huh. bike, which is a little heavier. And I was competing against people that had the little, like, lightweight hardtails. So I was always trying to get my bike as light as possible. These bars are super light. Um, and I just, I was down with them and I had really good luck with carbon bars. So I thought, could I make a hundred of my own carbon bars as like the Brett Reader bar? Lay them up. <laughs> And, and sell them and that, like just a hundred bars, I would be making what I want. Yeah. And I thought, okay, that's an interesting idea. Like, I like it. Maybe I'll start looking into it a bit. And then um, from there, I, I thought, okay, well, am I going to ride someone else's stem? <laughs> I know. Like, okay, so I guess I got to build a stem. And I, so, I, so I spent some time thinking about, okay, I'm going to have my own bar stem. And then after a while, I thought, am I going to ride someone else's seat and seat post? You were off. I, guess, <laughs> was off. I, was like, I was like, I guess I might as well Stop do attention. this. But then, but then I, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to do um, my own like bar stem seat post. This is like starting to feel like a company, not, mm. not like a signature line of components. Maybe it's worth starting a company. So then I started toying with this idea and started trying to come up with names for the company. And at the time I'd started drawing designs and figuring and creating lists of what I, what I wanted from my bike and um, talking to suppliers and people that were helping me prototype the stuff. And from that point I thought, all right, well, if I'm gonna start a company, then I need to sponsor athletes. Cause I know I'm not gonna be the guy that hmm pushes the brand forever like this is going to be a group effort so i started paying athletes that's hilarious after i came up with the name title and the logo i started paying athletes before you'd sold stuff at this point two years before <laughs> so, come on brad he is committed it's supposed to be money in your pocket it'll be money out of your pocket <laughs> there's a lot of money going out of my pocket oh my so, god was that a horrendous feeling at all? <laughs> I just, I know what it costs to sponsor athletes. Sure, yeah. But I also know anyone. the value of having um, a brand on an athlete's jersey or helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and at that, a new company of a logo no one's ever seen before. Sure. So I thought that if I could do this with this way, with without fear, as we were talking about earlier, this was like, that, that was like, I was training to win rampage slope style contest and dumping money into sure. sponsoring athletes and prototyping components <laughs> um so yeah from there it just it was it was a lot but it was a lot of work um the workload that i put on myself to do that was uh um, like pretty destructive, hmm. I would say. And, not, and probably, not a good experience, particularly. No, like it oh, for it sure. I was no, going to save you. Well, okay, it was rewarding, and I'm so happy that I did that. Yeah. Because um, it's turned into a thing that we've supported athletes, and we've built trails, and hmm. um, we have a slope had a slope style competition that we did for a few years. So and it's been a good payoff for the investment, really. So, like, and and, and I didn't I didn't start this thing for uh, to make money. Like I'm being a professional mountain biker. I started it to help people. Yeah. I started uh, it to like build 
uh, a next generation of the sport and and to learn. Yeah. Well, I think so, that I you can say, tell yeah. that, like, because most companies don't even start thinking about sponsoring athletes, building trails, host like sponsoring yeah. competitions, right? Like that <laughs> sure. was part of the brand from the beginning. It was, yeah. 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 So. And so then I think uh, as we like kind of wrap up, one of the other things I think is interesting is that you, along that same thing, like kind of mentoring other other athletes and really yourself developing that next generation of slope style athlete. Mm-hmm. What has that been like? Um, it's been good. I can do a better job at it, though. And I, I, I see I see the vision of, of how it needs to be done. And I I really want to do it. And I'm going. I think that is going to be a bit of my future. So, what is what? What do people get wrong about it? And like when you say that, because I can see the gears turning. Like, <laughs> what is what is your vision with that? What would it look like to do it really well? Um, well, there's an accessibility problem uh, with the world of slope style and free riding, and it's just used as a marketing tool for the rest of the industry. So, you'll notice most companies that sponsor these athletes don't actually sell products in it. Um, <laughs> but they don't sell products in it because there's not a big enough uh, customer base. Right. Because it's too dangerous. Right. Because it's not safe enough. Because there's not enough parks. So I really think this thing might actually, it could, slope style and free ride could, could dip a bit. But do you think that might happen, do you? Um, I would say with wishful thinking, no. Um, I say but, that with there needs to be there needs to be more competition. Um, when there's no competition, it becomes stale, which doesn't inspire people to do it. There's not enough, is there? Really, so, there's like so. I really think that like high end. There, there needs to be more more people being introduced at a young age about the dirt jump bike. Totally. And yeah. at that, when they buy their first dirt jump bike and their helmet and their pads and their title bars, <laughs> they go to the local jump park. Yeah. Or they go to a specialty jump park that you have a you buy a membership to. It's just a lot of public bike parks don't offer what Slopestyle needs. Yeah, the infrastructure is not there. Because it's public, it's gotta be safe. So yeah. There's there has to there has to be um, a, a new way of introducing the sport to more people, and I think once it is, there's no reason it's not going to be like. Have you have you noticed every I feel, other sport? Yeah, I feel like there's been a bit of a shift, really, because like obviously Canada for me when we when I was racing downhill a little while ago, but it was always free ride from here, and it was you know there's you seminar, I mean no end of mad list of, of high-end Canadian free riders, but that's changed. And now Canada's won two in the downhill World Cup. And it seems like it is, you know, with, with um, Finn and um, Jackson Goldstone, yeah. yeah. And it feels like, you know, that more and more Canadians might be getting into downhill. Is that, what do you think about that? You seeing it? Um, I, I, I follow downhill not as much as I uh, do slope style. So it's hard. It's hard for me to keep tabs, and I don't keep tabs on no, as much. No, fair enough. But um, yes, I do think that more and more. I think downhill as a whole is growing right now, maybe more than freeride and slope style, and it's exciting. Yeah. Like even even me, I'm like, 
I get excited when I see the, the race results and I'm, I'm wondering who's, who's won the next or the, the, the last race and who's been podium. And so, yeah, yeah, no, it's good, isn't it? Any, any high, any high end, like the best in the world, it's, it's like so starting downhill is just unbelievable. It's isn't it? so That's, exciting. Yeah. yeah, it is. It really I was privileged is. this year. It's, it's amazing to see how far the sport has come. Yeah. Hey? It's mad. Like, in the last, uh, I mean, you guys have been around, I think, longer than me, but even for okay, me in the last, easy, easy. <laughs> even for me in the last 15, uh, 10 I'm years. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Yeah, it's true. It's mad how it's come. But this has been so good. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It's for been absolutely me. enlightening. Yes, we could. It's sure. a shame we call it a day because we could chat all we day. Could, like, you're so like interested. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly, mate. Maybe Thanks we'll, very much, maybe bro. Maybe we'll do another one. Definitely. Yeah, we will. Please. We'll get you back, bro. Yes. All right. Sit <laughs> Thank you very much. Rob, what a fascinating guy. Brett. Yeah. I'm gutted it's finished. Yeah. I wish we had the rest of the day with him because there's no limit to what you can talk to him about. Yeah, he's intelligent. He's, you know, he's just, yeah. He's, the way that he approaches his riding actually is very eye-opening and probably not what I expected. He wasn't what I expected, if I'm honest. No, he was a competitive, no. as the world's, one of the very world's, and he won't say it, but one of the very, world's very best slope style riders. Oh, for sure. I mean, and we were talking about it like, to know what you mentioned that to know what you want to do at 10 years old and then to spend the next 20 years of your life like moving toward that goal uh i think it shows why he's the best but also what he was saying about that transition out of that right yeah like, well that was almost the maddest bit that that it's not it's not easy oh it's for not sure. easy yeah it's his decision yeah which is almost a fascinating bit because he could still be winning Red Bull Joyride. Right. Just yeah. one Red Bull Rumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the thing. I think it's I mad. think it meant a lot to him to say, I'm going to make this transition on my terms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. To say, okay, I just won. Yeah, what a brilliant. It's what a brilliant so block. cool. And yeah. he, he, we were kind of like talking about that where he said, making decisions not in fear, not saying, oh, what is going to happen when I'm done? What happens if I lose my sponsors? What happens this, that, and the other? To just go go surf for a couple of days, live with yeah. yourself, be yourself, know yeah. yourself. So cool. On the flip side, I think he is actually on the course practicing. <laughs> 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 so, I don't think he's quite there yet, but he is. He's got his bikes here, and I think he's going to be furious. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing to watch, and you know, like, and it shows you just how gnarly it is like as a professional sportsman to yeah. absolutely sign off on something it's for wild. sure it's a wild thing and i do it when you're you know still one of the very best in the world and yeah but yeah it, it Brett, is so Brett true like leader is just a brilliant he person. is he's brilliant and yeah. i and i think even for for me like having gone through that transition of having this thing be your identity having yeah. to move on from it losing yeah. that it is your identity for sure that's who you are yeah that's who you've always wanted to be yes you've made it you're there and then all of a sudden you're gonna go okay i've signed off start on from now. zero again yeah, yeah that's right yeah, yeah it's but like, that's almost the right thing to do when you've achieved everything you want to do for some people that's how it is yeah, yeah. we're we're definitely gonna have to get him back on and talk to him again. We so. absolutely are. A year from now, mate, there's yeah. going to be a lot gone on and we're going to have another chat to him. Definitely. Yeah. Well, 
Thank you everyone for listening. If you have topics or guests that you'd like us to cover, make sure you drop us a line at podcast at redbull.com or hit us up on our socials. And don't forget that every other Tuesday, a brand new episode of Just Ride drops. And if you don't want to just hear us, you want to see us, you can check out the full-length episodes on Red Bull TV and redbull.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. We will.